0: Welcome back. Today we're looking at Mark chapter 10 verses 1 through 16. Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would come. Lord, as we look at your word, that you would just search our hearts, God, that you would You would search us out, that you would find anything in us that doesn't belong, and you would just reveal that to us so that we can yield it to you. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that as each and every person listens to these words, reads these words, and hears what we're going to talk about this morning, that they would that you would just continue to work in their heart, that you would give them a heart that is pliable and moldable and a heart that is willing to yield to you. God, that everything that we encounter today would be nothing but you. They would be your words, your heart for us. Lord, that ultimately we would draw closer to you. We would look less like ourselves and more like you in the image you created us, that the world would see you through us. And Father, your glory, your light, and your love would be revealed. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark chapter 10 verses 1 through 16. Then he arose from there and came to the region of Judea by the other side of the Jordan. And the multitudes gathered to him. And again, as he was accustomed, he taught them again. The Pharisees came and asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife, testing him? And he answered and said, what did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her. And Jesus answered and said to them, Because of the hardness of your heart he wrote this precept, but from the beginning of the creation. God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let man not separate. In the house his disciples also asked him again about the same matter. So he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But Jesus saw it, and he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms and laid hands on them and blessed them. Now, as we jump into this, um, I know this this is one of those that can be uh, it can be a difficult topic for some. It can definitely be very touchy for some because it's been mishandled by a lot of people. There have a lot of people. Um, I say a lot of people. We'll just say there's people. Um, there are people within the church and outside the church that read this passage and get very legalistic, very, very condemning with it. Um, so I want you to know that if if you've been through a divorce, if you're going through a divorce, um, this isn't this isn't a pointed condemnation at you, but it it's, and some people would read it that way. But my hope is, my prayers that we can really just kind of bring some light to the heart of the matter here and everything that we're looking at. Um, I mean, the reality is um, God doesn't want divorce. That's That was never in his plan. We also see that um, we're in this world and things happen. Um, and really, folks, if it's one of those things that um, before Christ, um, if, if before your relationship with Christ, I just want to talk about this for a second. Um, we've all done things in our lives so far out of bounds, so far outside of what God's plan would be for us. We've all done so many things especially prior to our relationship with christ um we we just we just did it was we i've said it before, i've said it to some people in conversation lately why would we expect the world to act any way other than the world so when we we're outside of christ all sorts of things happened uh, when we come to christ he wa- he washes us clean he forgives us our sins um, so this isn't one of those things to grab hold of and take legalistically now folks if you've um if you knew Christ and you still went through and you still ended up going through a divorce, there's so many different reasons. I'm not here to judge any of those, and I'm not here to cast shame, condemnation, um, or guilt on anyone because of that. Uh, and I know these passages can kind of come across that way, so just just check in with me. Bear um, bear with me if it starts, if it sounds a little off, um, or if there's just something that kind of like gets uncomfortable. Let's just press through. Let's just hear what God wants to say. I promise. Through this, you will hear the heart of God, you will hear redemption, you will hear his love for you, um, because ultimately that's what he has. But well, we're going to jump into that. So we see right off the bat, um, Jesus has come into the region of Judea, and like, like it's always been happening, the crowd's just gathered around him and he's teaching them. And then we have the Pharisees that come to him, and they're doing what they do. Um, we see it time and time again, Jesus is teaching and the Pharisees come and they're looking to test him, they're looking to trap him. And they come to him and they say, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? They were testing him. And he asks them about what Moses commanded. Um, I love how Jesus just so many times, if not almost every time, when the religious leaders come testing him, he doesn't ever give them a straight answer. He just asks them another question. Um, so they, they ask him about divorce and he says, well, what's the, what does Moses command you? And they're saying that Moses allowed it. And now Jesus cuts to the heart of the issue. Because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote this precept. So we see that, I mean, we see that God's plan is for um, one man, one woman to be joined together in marriage and that when they come together, um, they actually, two actually become one in um, in that covenant, in that place. Um, it's no longer really just one person. It's it, It's no longer two people. It's those two people actually become one and God. Later on in other chapters, in other books, I'm not even sure where it is at this point, we, um, we see that, uh, pretty sure it was Paul writes that, um, talking about marriage, he says that it's also an image of Christ in the church. Um, the, the husband and wife's relationship, uh, a marriage between a, a, a God-fearing man, a God-fearing woman that come together um, to pursue Christ and to join together in marriage, it's an example of Christ in the church. Um, the husband's commanded to love his wife like Christ loved the church. Um, it's supposed to be an example. It's supposed to be a visual representation for the world of what what Christ's love and, and what the church should function like when we see a marriage. Reality is, folks, inside the church, outside the church, that's not what we see today in most cases. I'm not here condemning it. I'm just calling it what it is. Um, we can look at, We can look at the world and we see all sorts of things that are so far out of bounds Uh, from the scriptures from what god's heart would be for us Um, so there's people that like to pick one area or another It's why you've got people that have their those their pet peeves it's this sin's worse they they think that this sin's worse than another this one's so much more horrible reality is folks all sin has the same consequence are there some that have different outward effects absolutely um but the inward effects is it all separates us from god it all keeps us from him it all drives a wedge between us and him and ultimately between us and other people as well um, but in this case um i got a short rabbit trail Sorry, got distracted in my own head um but we see god's plan for marriage that it would be between be between one man one woman and that it would endure for their lives um, reality is that doesn't happen always And there's so many different reasons. I'm not even looking to get into those. And we move on through that because it says whatever God has joined together, let man not separate. Um, But I want to get down to verse 11 and 12 real quick. And um, so it says, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. So there's, so the wording in here, Um, it says if the man divorces his wife and then he marries another, um, he's committed adultery. If the woman leaves her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Um, And I haven't studied this whole thing out, but just looking at the wording there, there's times when when people are going to leave, especially if you've got a believer and a non-believer. The priorities of life can line up different. Um, Paul writes um, later on in um, the New Testament that, if you've got an unbelieving spouse, don't, don't put them away. If they're willing to live with you, let them live with you. Who knows if they'll be saved through you. Um, so we see all sorts of guidelines to that, but the reality is there's times when, um, people are going to leave, but if you are, but if you're the one following Christ, um, I mean, I think the scripture is pretty clear that it doesn't want you to divorce your husband and go for your husband or your wife and go find somebody else. Um, it, it's a pretty clear precept in scripture, but what do we do with it? Because maybe you already have, maybe you're already in that place. So if you're in that place and, um, you're already remarried, um, it's not one of those things where you, where you want to go ahead and get divorced and go back and marry the other one. that person may not, that may not even be an option. Um, so it gets weird. It gets sticky. Um, and we're going to kind of stop and just leave it there. Um, we're going to leave it on the heart of God. God's heart is for God's heart is for you. God is not looking for reasons to condemn you. He's not reason, looking for reasons to beat you up and tell you how wrong you are. Um, if you're in a relationship, if you're in a marriage, um, surrender it to God and do all that you can um, for the reconciliation and the salvation of that marriage. Do as much as it depends on you. The Bible says as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Um, you surrender your life to Christ, and you walk with Him, and you love your spouse the way that Christ would. Um, are there times when you need to separate and get away from difficult situations? Absolutely. If your life's in danger, if you're physically being hurt, if other people are being, um, if other people are being physically, um, emotionally, mentally abused, or you yourself are, there's a place to get some distance there. Um, separate. I, I'm not against um, seeing people separate to get some space to actually get things squared away, um, get reconciliation, get counseling, get help. Um, So I'm not saying lock yourself into a situation that's damaging to you, that's hurting you or someone else. Um, But the reality is, folks, our our culture is so quick to just cut out and run, um, that people fall in and out of love. People, um, it doesn't work for me anymore. I don't feel the same way. And people run that's not the love that God has for us. That's not the love we see demonstrated in Christ. Um, so let's seek his heart above all else. Um, protect yourself, um, but pursue Christ. Pursue what his heart is for the matter and pursue Christ for that other person. Um, seek seek, um, seek the Lord in prayer for that person. Fast and pray for their heart, for their soul, for for where they're at. Because the reality is, folks, if, if a marriage is heading down the is heading down the wrong road, if the if a marriage is heading for divorce, something's out of line. Um, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not pointing blame. Um, well, that's not my place. If you're listening to me now, there's a reason. So seek God. Seek God for yourself. Seek God for your marriage. Seek God for your spouse okay so and there's this there's a principle that i use whenever whenever i find myself in a disagreement with someone especially if it's a brother or sister in christ and um, when we get into things of the bible um, if i'm having a discussion with someone and we come to a point where we just kind of have to agree to disagree um, we we just can't see eye to eye on the same issue the as i walk away from that situation the first thing i want to do is say god search me god am i am i am i in bounds am i out of bounds because I wanna, I want. If I'm wrong, I want to know. Um, but I need God to show me. Because I've gone through this, a discussion with someone who, and we can't seem to agree. I want to make sure that I'm like yielding my heart to God and letting Him search me, and and truly want to be corrected. Um, and then after that, it's like, okay, God, um, if they're out of, if they're out of line, show them. It's not God. They're wrong. Show them. It's like God. If they are, if they're wrong, show them. If they if I'm wrong, show me. If we're both, uh, if we're both wrong, um, and we both need correction, then correct us both. It keeps me in a place of humility because, folks, I don't have all the answers. Um, I really the more, the closer I get to God, the more I realize just how much I don't know and how much I need Him. Uh, so seek the Lord for your relationship, and and that would that would be true whether it's a marriage, whether it's um, a friendship, um, whether it's a relationship with a child, with a parent. Um, God can do so much more than we give Him credit for. A lot of times. And that's enough of that. Um, we're going to move on to the last few verses, verses 13 through 16, because I think it really kind of like comes, it, 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 it's connected. It sounds like it's disconnected, but I believe it's connected, and I think you'll see that as we go. Um, so verse 13, they brought little children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, do not let the little chil- sorry, let the children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God assuredly I say to you whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter and he took up the, he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them and blessed them so actually in these two passages we actually see a, a um, we see two different hearts we see two different mindsets in verse um, chapter 10 verse five um, Jesus answered and said, it's because of the hardness of your heart and then down here in verse 15. He's saying, assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. So if you look at a little child, there's, there's an innocence there. There is, um, when you look at a child, there's a, there's a point in time in their life where they haven't necessarily learned to distrust things. Um, at least they haven't learned to distrust the things that are good. Um, they haven't learned that cynicism, that skepticism yet. Um, we've got the little, we've got the people bringing the, the children to Jesus to be blessed, And the disciples are immediately like, well, get these little kids away. We don't don't want to bother him. Uh, Jesus wasn't bothered at all. Um, He actually um, used them to make a point. He actually used them to just really kind of highlight their heart. Um, So whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. I think back to the little kids. Um, in Sunday school, when we teach them all these grand songs, we teach them all these grand stories. We teach them about David and Goliath. We teach them, um, we teach them about Joshua and Jericho, and the Israelites. Um, or yeah, the Israelites crossing through the Red Sea. Um, and all these things we've got um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into a fire and coming out alive. Um, and folks, kids, uh, the, the little kids, they believe the stories that we tell them. And then somewhere along the way, they start to grow up and we start to tell them. And as they continue to try and believe those things, we end up saying, yeah, well, it's not quite that way anymore. But the reality is, folks, it is. The same God who did those things is the same God we serve today. And to turn and say, well, he doesn't work that way anymore. That's, for lack of a better word, we'll say nonsense. It's just nonsense to say that the God who did all those grand things isn't doing great things now. We just don't see it the same because we've gotten, we've gotten too logical. We've gotten too rational. We think that we understand things when the reality is we don't understand nearly as much as we think uh, because the God that we serve functions outside of our understanding. And we don't always like that, especially in our society. We want to be able to understand things. But the innocence of a child, the, the thought process of a child, they're just willing to say, okay, um, I mean I, I think of the, I think of the times when um, if you were to hold like a, if you were to like look at a little child and, and you were point the sun out to them, you hold up a basketball and then up into the sky and tell them to look at the basketball and the sun and ask them which one's bigger. Um, their perspective is going to be that the basketball's bigger. They don't realize that the sun is so much bigger because of how far off it is. They just they see things the, they see things a certain way. Because they haven't learned to see it different, folks. And I would say that we need to learn to look at the kingdom of God without trying to run all this logic and rational, and rational sophisticated, educated minds through it. We just need to take God for what he says. Um, that doesn't mean we don't need to think. I'm not saying turn off your brains. Folks, don't hear, what, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying we don't need to think. But what I'm saying is we need to actually take God for what he says. When he says he's never going to leave us, we need to we need to believe he's never going to leave us. When he says that all things are possible to him who would believe, we need to we need to we need to set our minds on the fact that Jesus that Jesus said all things are possible to him who believe, and we need to start believing that all things are possible, so that we can actually see it. When he says that the kingdom of God is with us, we need to realize that we need to believe it. We need to accept that, folks. We're not waiting for some far off kingdom, um, where the authority. The dominion of the dominion of Christ. The dominion of God is here with us now. He lives inside of us by choice. And that is the life we have access to. But if we come with a sophisticated mind, with with our adult thought processes, with all these things that, well, I've got to figure this out and I've got to figure that out. And in the attitude of, well, God, you don't necess- you don't understand what I'm going through. I promise you he does. And I don't know who this is for. But you gotta check that attitude. When you start when you start indicting God and thinking that he's missed the mark or that he's wrong, um, you're wrong. Um you'll you'll never convince me otherwise. Um we have no right to um convict God as guilty. Um he's not. Um no matter what we think, no matter what we feel, he's God, he stands outside of it all. Um, And folks, here's the thing. He's a good and loving God. Just look at the cross. Um, If he weren't a good and loving God, why would he have sent his son? Why would he have come down, put on flesh, and gone through that for us? Um, The Bible says that while we were still sinners, he loved us and sent his son for us. Um, We've got to get our minds in a place where we receive and accept what the Bible says and not what we feel, um, not what we can logically figure out. If it doesn't make sense, um, seek the Lord on it. Um, but there's times when we just got to believe. Um, I'm not saying the whole, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you've got to, Oh, just surrender your mind and just believe everything. That's not what I'm saying. But when you, when we look at the scriptures and we see what God says and we see what God does, so often what happens is we get a feeling that we don't like. It's like, yeah, well, if that's true, then why? And we start to question God. And when we don't We don't necessarily always like the answers. We're real quick to defend ourselves and protect our feelings and our emotions and um, even our bad choices. And we want to blame God, but we can't do that. We've got to, we've got to set our eyes on him and follow after him. Um, We need to be more childlike folks. We need to get in that place of just sitting before God and saying, daddy, I know that you love me. Um, I don't always understand it. I don't always get what's going on. But God, y'all, you know, there's certain things we've got to we've got to we've got to settle on is true. First off, He's a good God, and He loves us. If we can hold on to those two things, we can filter out a lot more. We can keep things a lot more in bounds. It'll help us to realize how we how do we walk through some of these difficult things? How do we walk through some of these things that are tough when nothing makes sense and it doesn't seem that God's answering us? We still have to hold to the fact that He's a good God, and He loves us, and He'll lead us through. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. God, right now I just want to lift up whoever I want to lift up those marriages that are struggling, those relationships that are on the verge of breaking, some that already have um, those relationships, God, that are in the process of being mended and reconciled, and some that are um, that seem to be going further apart. Father, I just lift them all up to you, and I ask Holy Spirit that you would come into the midst of those situations, that you would shine your light, that you would reveal love and truth in grace, in compassion in the midst of those things. But God, that you would just surround those circumstances, that you would work in hearts, that you would soften the hardened hearts, um, that you would just speak your truth, your love, your life into those situations. God, breathe your breath into those relationships, into those marriages. And Father, bring about your will, God, that your will would be done, that reconciliation would take place, that um, humility would, would come into the relationships, then I also got to ask for protection in the midst of those because I know there's so many times when people are getting hurt, when people are getting abused, when people are getting mistreated, and God, I just lift them up to you now, and I ask that you would shine your light into the midst of those, and that you would let those people know that as they're walking through this difficult time, as they're walking out of these situations, as they're walking through these situations, that you have not left them. You have not abandoned them to be mistreated. You have not abandoned them to these things. But you are with them, even though they don't always see it. Even although we don't always see the way, see you working the way we would expect or the way that we might even want. But God, we know that you're working because you won't leave us alone. Um, and God, I just ask that you would give us childlike faith, childlike hearts. Um, give us the eyes of a child when we look at you. That just that sparkle in our eyes, that adoration for our Father. Um, that we would just come to you crying out daddy, um, and not, and just sometimes we would just lighten up and realize just how much you love us and just how much you are for us and that you just want to spend time with us. That it's not always deep, dark, um, and serious God, that there are times when you just want us to be with you, to enjoy your presence, to just relax in you. Uh, don't let our, don't let our minds be like the disciples that that tried to keep the children away because Jesus was busy. Um, He had time for the kids, God, and you've got time for us because we are your children. Uh, Let us be like little children, Lord. Let us be like little children when we come to you, but give us a depth of understanding in your spirit as well. Father, I just so thank you. As we walk into this day, I pray that you would strengthen each and every one that's listening, that you would give them ears to hear your voice as they walk through the day, that their relationship with you would be continuous and would be continually growing, and that you would take them to a deeper depth than they've realized before. Father, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.